Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Does David deserve this? No, he does not deserve it. But he has a heart for God. And so he sits and he says to God, God, who am I? I want you to write this because I think it's good. God loves to use humble people. David was humbled. I hope that you've been humbled when you took a little trip down memory lane. I've been humbled. Where would I be? Where would I be tonight if God wasn't with me? The story of David is an amazing one plucked from being a shepherd boy, basically ignored by the rest of his family, to being named by God, to be the king of the whole country. Even more remarkable is that David maintained a humble attitude, both during his time of waiting for God's promise to be fulfilled, and then during his reign. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the primary character trait that David had, humility. You'll learn the importance God places on humility and how to cultivate it in your own life. Doing so will make you more useful to God than you already are and will bring more blessings into your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 2 Samuel chapter 7 as he continues with his series called The Life of David. Remember, God said to him, no, but I'm going to build you a house. So let's go back. What does that mean? 2 Samuel chapter 7, just where we left off. Look at verse 12. Now, when your days are over and you rest with your father, in other words, when you die, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you who will come from your own body, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, of course, we're speaking initially of King Solomon. When he does wrong, I will punish him with the rod of men, with floggings inflicted by men. By the way, did Solomon ever do wrong? <laughs> a thousand times he did wrong just with the women, all right? God probably didn't have to punish him at all. Just a thousand wives is enough punishment. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that in real life. I'm not saying anymore I'll dig a hole I can't ever get out of. Maybe it was the mother-in-laws that was the issue. It was the, the whole thing. Okay, I'll stop. I will punish him with the rod of men and with floggings inflicted by men. But my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Verse 16, now your house and your kingdom 
will endure forever. And your throne will be established forever. Now that sounds very strange because look back at verse 12. When your days are over (laughs) and you go into the grave. Look at verse 16. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. This is the beginning of one of the most profound messianic prophecies in the Old Testament. It prophesies that Jesus would come from the line of David and would sit on a throne where there would be no end. Now, the terms of this promise are easy. If you look back at verse 12, God will establish a hereditary monarchy. Saul's sons didn't get to the throne. But with David, after the line of David... God is going to establish that through his son, Solomon, and so forth. Verse 13, David's seed shall be the one to build a house for God. Not David, but David's seed. The throne of David's seed shall be established forever. In other words, that will go forever. And you'll see that that seed is going to be Jesus Christ. Verse 14 and 15 do not refer to the Messiah that's coming, but refer to Solomon and others in the human line of David who, as men, would disobey God. God would punish them. And verse 16, finally, the family of David did rule over Israel for almost four centuries, but eventually was removed because evil after evil after evil. But in the Bible, we're told that when that ruling was finished, When David's throne was no longer ruled, there would be a new root that would come up out of Jesse. There'd be a new root. Isaiah 11.2. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, David's dad, from his roots. A branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and power. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So, The verses that we're reading here, it's a good picture tonight, a good example of an Old Testament passage. Look at me because I think it'll make a lot of sense to you. An old passage that has some current elements in it. It speaks to some current people right in that prophecy. Solomon, his human descendants, while other elements will be in the future. Not even there yet, will be in the future. And of course, we're speaking about Jesus Christ and the son of David. Keep your finger there. We'll be back. Go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. This prophecy speaks about Solomon and the human kingdoms. But out of this throne, the throne coming from the lineage of David will be established forever in Israel. Forever. The lineage, the throne, it'll never end. Well, how can that be? We already know that it ended. The nations were dispersed. It went around the world. There was no throne. There was no king. Well, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, you know this prophecy, but it's good for us to see it because all of this is coming from David. David, of course, doesn't know this, but Isaiah knew what God had prophesied to David when he said no. Look at verse 6. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And just let me pause there. Praise God, we'll have a government that will be on his shoulders. 
Okay? Not Republican, Democrat, not talking about any of that jazz. Forget it. Don't even go politically. I'm just saying one day the king is going to be in the throne. King is going to be on the throne. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called not a Democrat or Republican or Independent. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And here's the big one. Prince of Peace. Of verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. They will not have to work through the July 4th holiday to try to get the budget balanced. You want to underline this in your Bible if you haven't done it. And then you can write in your Bible, Second Samuel 7.16. And you'll always remember to go back. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. Establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Man isn't going to do this. God was going to accomplish it. So Isaiah knew that what David received was this amazing promise from God about the coming of the Messiah. But it wasn't just the Old Testament. Keep your little fingers, let them do the walking out. Luke, New Testament, Luke chapter 1. Good stuff for us to be reminded that our God knows the future. He knows everything. None of this is a surprise to him. When you get to Luke chapter 1, go down to verse 33. So here, Gabriel is speaking to Mary, a virgin. He says this, You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High God. Notice the next line. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob. How long? Forever. His kingdom will never end. Say it with me. His kingdom will never end. By the way, what kingdom are we in? The kingdom of the Lord tonight. It will never end. So Mary... She doesn't probably fully understand all of this, but the kingdom promise of David way back here in the year 1,000, here you're 1,000 years later, we're now 3,000 years later, that promise began to have legs. It began to have flesh and blood put on it. Now turn to Romans chapter 1. One more place tonight I want you to look. Romans chapter 1. Paul would write about this. And so you see all of these things from God... It isn't a surprise anywhere. It was always on the heart of God. But he kind of begins to put us together for us. Romans chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. Paul, a servant of Christ, Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised before and through his prophets in the Holy Scripture regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David. Here we are again. Through David's lineage, the Messiah would come. So God says to David, David, no, you cannot build me a house, but I'm going to build you a dynasty. Way better than anything you can imagine. So think about this. Where was this on the mind of God? 
Way back, we hear about Jesus, that Jesus would be born in Genesis, born of a seed of a woman. Then we hear that born of the seed of Abraham. Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and from you will come one that will bless the whole world. From the tribe of Judah, David. Born of the lineage of David, David. Born to a virgin in the lineage of David. Who? The Messiah. So, how in the world the Jewish people missed it because they were brilliant in the word is amazing. Because it's all through the scriptures. McDonald's summarizes it well. He says this. Then the Lord revealed to Nathan an unconditional covenant which he would make with David. Now remember, some covenants are, God says, if you do this, I'll do this. This is unconditional. God's doing it. David's just going to be part of it. Uh, This covenant promised that David would have a son, Solomon, who would build the temple. That son's throne would be established forever. When he sinned, God would correct him, but his mercy would not cease. He would forgive him. It's further promised that David's house, his kingdom, and his throne would be established forever, and that his own descendants would sit upon the throne. David's dynasty has been interrupted since the Babylonian captivity, but it will be restored when Christ, the seed of David, returns to reign over all the earth. I don't have time, but we could go to Revelation chapter 20 and read about that, because after the rapture, then the tribulation... Guess who's coming back to be on the throne forever and ever and ever? Amen. Now back to 2 Samuel chapter 7. How about that for a revelation to David? Woo! Man. And he didn't understand hardly any of what I just said to you. Except he heard the Messiah. He heard the Messiah. Heard the Messiah. Heard he was going to have a son named Solomon. Verse 17. And Nathan reported to David... All the words of this entire important word, revelation, this vision. The Old Testament is always careful to make a distinction between a dream and a vision. A vision is a revelation received from God when one is awake. So notice, Nathan isn't speculating. Hmm, I think this is what. Too many matzo balls last night. I had this little dream. He's not speculating. It's revelation. It's from the mouth of God. What you're holding in your hand is not speculation tonight. It's revelation. It's God's actual words to us. It will happen. By the way, who's coming back with Jesus when he sets up his kingdom, sits on the throne? We are. We're coming back. Now look at verse 18. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord. And he said, Who am I, O sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? Can you tonight see David sitting in a chair and saying those words? I can see it. Picture that. David's going, oh, this is impossible. Now, God said that to David because David was a perfect man. (laughs) He probably had to lock himself away because he had how many wives and concubines? Which were what? A full-on sin. 
See, we do not understand the grace of God, do we? You say, well, at least I'm not like David. <laughs> watch for the lightning. Watch for the lightning. Is God amazing or what? By the way, does David deserve this? No, he does not deserve it. But he has a heart for God. And so he sits and he says to God, God, who am I? I want you to write this because I think it's good. God loves to use humble people. David was humbled. I hope that you've been humbled when you took a little trip down memory lane. I've been humbled. Where would I be? Where would I be tonight if God wasn't with me? We sing that great song. What a tiny little offering we bring. But God changes our heart. Meyer says this. If you cannot have what you've hoped, do not sit down in despair and allow the energies of your life to run to waste. But arise, gird yourself to help others to achieve. If you may not build, you may gather materials for him that shall. If you may not go down to the mine, you can hold the ropes. Next thing I want you to write is this. How we react when God says no is a sign of our maturity. How we react. Uh, let me ask you a question tonight. How many have reacted when God said no as a little whiny baby? Like, could, I, could, I, could I see your hand? Could I see your hand? How about very immature? Can I see the other hand? <laughs> yeah. We've been there, haven't we? So how would we React. How did we react when God said no? We sulk, get mad, we disobey and do it anyway. We sit, okay, God, well, let me build a house. Good, doing nothing. God, you didn't give me that ministry at the church. I was the leader of that. You know, I had the gifting. You want me to do what? Be the third in command? Not a chance. I don't know, if, not, I don't know any circumstances. So if that's you tonight and God hit you, that's him. That just came off my head. <laughs> you need to repent right now and get right with God. It's a word from the Lord for you. But you know how we can be, don't you? Do we get discouraged? And say, God, I knew you said yes. That's why I decided to do it. I can't believe I missed you. Remember, nobody's perfect. You're not going to hear God. Don't let the enemy come go and condemn you. Here's another one. And I've learned how to respond to this one. Not to everybody, but most people. Well, I'm leaving the church. If people come to me when they get ready to leave the church, most people don't come, so you'll know. Not because they want to, don't want to say to me, they just don't come because they're immature. They just leave. If they come, and if there's a misunderstanding, maybe something I've done or the elders or the pastors or whatever, we, we try to reconcile that. Matthew 18, you always want to do that. You want to be a man of peace. But bottom line, I say to them this. If God has told you to leave, then let me pray over you and give you your blessings that God would guide you and lead you to the next place. 
See, if they can tell me that God's telling them to leave, and by the way, God does. Everybody doesn't belong in this church. Sometimes just for a season, you move on to it. But if you leave mad, or you leave without telling, or you leave because you're sulking and you couldn't get your way in the church, that's immature. By the way, does that happen? <laughs> Forever. Forever. So I usually come back to that because then I put it on who? Them. If there's something we've done, we'll try to solve that. I'll admit I'm wrong or whatever, whatever's needed. Hopefully they will as well. And then some people just do this. They'll stay in the church or wherever the situation is, at work, whatever. At work. Think about how many people at work have quit working 10 years ago because they didn't get the promotion. And when they go into work, what are they? For the last 10 years, they've been what? Miserable. And it's a sin because it's against God. Why? Because they got to know when they felt it should have been a yes. All of those are signs of immaturity. Swindoll says this. Sometimes the hardest things to hear is that God is going to use someone else to accomplish something you thought was your objective. That is what David had to hear. It won't be you, David. It's going to be your son. This is a picture of how we should react. David went and sat before God, and he humbled himself to God's will. He didn't allow the emotion of the moment to overwhelm him, make a bad decision. David now knew that God didn't want him to build it. David didn't respond by doing nothing. Instead of building the temple, David gathered all the materials. So by the time his son was ready... His son had the materials. All he had to do was build the temple. So this that you see David doing is a picture of spiritual maturity. Thank you for being mature people. Thank you that we're working together using our different giftings. We're all equal. We just do whatever God wants us to do. We're just servants. He speaks. We serve. Amen. Thank you for doing that. The last thing I want you to write down tonight, and then we're going to pray, is this. God's plans, God's ways, God's answers, they're always right. It may not be what we want. The person we are dating, the marriage situation, the house, the car, the job, the business, the finance, you name it. God's plans, God's ways, God's answers are always right. Sometimes we'll know why. Sometimes we won't wrong. You just trust God. You just trust God. Because eventually, all things work together for good. I'm glad I have a God that speaks yes, no, or wait. I know which one you want to hear, same one I want to hear. But we have a loving God who knows how to say wait, and He knows how to say no. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark unpacked more of the meaning of God's promise to David that He, God, would build David's house instead of the other way around. You learned that whenever God says no to you, that He has a good reason to do so. You were also reminded that because God knows your future, that you can trust Him to do what's best for your life. 
you don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching on the life of David. He will talk more about the promise God made to David that his son Solomon would sit on the throne and that the Messiah would be one of David's descendants. You'll learn about David's attitude to these revelations and the importance of your having those character qualities in your life. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series called The Life of David. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is given